Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I hate to say it, it's only going to be going one way, and that is Novak Djokovic will win Wimbledon this year. I can't see him losing. Simply too good. So dominant here at Wimbledon, and I reckon he's going to get to number 24 and five Wimbledons in a row. The only person that can stop Novak Djokovic in this tournament is Novak Djokovic. Andy Murray. Oh, oh. oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Or as Sir Andy will come on. Other than that, it'll be Djokovic against his own body. Can he keep his body fit for the whole two weeks? If he can, probably name on the trophy. She has the easiest draw out of everyone. And I feel that Eager will win Wimbledon. She had practice tournament this time. She didn't have one last year. She probably learned from her mistake. I'm going to be going for Dola Vekic, the one with the 17th easiest draw according to AI. And I'm going to be having Dola Vekic winning Wimbledon 2023. I would love to see Novak Djokovic take home his 24th Grand Slam title this year at Wimbledon. And I would like to see Sabalenka win as well. Sebastian Korda claiming his first Grand Slam title. On the women's side, I'm going past the Finko. Kicking off on the men's side, Novak Djokovic will have as many Grand Slams as there are hours in the day. And on the women's side, I'm going with Anz Jabeur. She's going to be your women's champion. Let's go! Another big win for Novak Djokovic in the men's singles. And for the women's, I think Ons Jabeur is going to make us very happy and she's going to take the women's Wimbledon title. Djokovic's dreams of a calendar slam are going to be shattered again. And it's the little Spaniard that's going to do it. Carlitos Alcaraz will win Wimbledon. Hey, welcome back, tennis fans. Day seven of Wimbledon in the books. That's right. The Super Sunday. It did not disappoint. We had some epic matchups on the men's and on the women's. Center court crowd got their money's worth today. Let me tell you that. And some of the other courts weren't bad either, were they, JJ? Yeah, another good day of tennis. Ended by the curfew, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um 
a lot of people mm. talking about it. Maybe the best place to start, and then we can get into the tennis because a lot of tennis to talk about today. And I think you watched more, right? You watched yeah. live rather than all the highlights. Ben was at yeah. home, less of the drinking, going from pub to pub, and you actually sat there, did some commentary as well today. Yeah, and the rest. I'm I feel a YouTuber, like, isn't it? I said that it was one of those days when you haven't done a match for a while, you know as soon as you do one, it's going to be a long one. And uh, yeah, we had Eager in uh, over three hours uh, against Bencic. That was the first match. And then it took us all the way the next match to the curfew. Um, I would I would have gone longer, to be honest. I want to get it done and dusted. Oh. But the curfew was there. I was having a bit of fun on that one. Obviously, we had three of us on. We had Zach on as well. Had you on there as well. Covey at the start. Covey at the start. <laughs> Everybody Shout made an appearance. <laughs> That's it. Everyone made an appearance on that one. So I like it like that, though. It's quite fun. People darting in and out, different pairings. Just... And, and Ben said after the, the stream, off air, he said, oh, I feel like a YouTuber today. This is my this is my Mr. Beast moment. And I think he's had a special YouTube moment spending more time talking to the wonderful loyal GTL fans. God, it's always great. It was great to just be interacting back with everybody in the community uh, in a live perspective rather than obviously we're doing these pre-recorded podcasts just going out at the end of each day. But yeah, it's great to be back in there. Great to be playing the buttons again and great to be having some reactions to live tennis because when I'm just watching it at home, I don't have, I'm not as animated because I'm not talking about it. But yeah, it's great to be there talking with other people and getting to react to the tennis because there was a lot of things to react to today. I mean, my reaction to the curfew is negative, as I'm sure you can imagine. I'm just disappointed that it's, 11 o'clock and all the other slams, well, we know go later, well, namely US and Australia. I don't know if it's the same at Roland Garros, maybe a bit later, but UK is just, it's just not good enough. Start earlier if you're going to end that early. That's what I would say. And that's what they're sort of saying here, isn't it? Yeah, we've got Stuart in saying, scrap the 1.30pm starts on another evening where the 11pm curfew could come into play. It's time for Wimbledon organisers to realise what a misguided decision it was to move back the centre court start time. Should be at least an hour earlier next year. So I've yeah. done some digging to work out why this is happening. And the only thing I can find is it's because of the BBC and their TV scheduling. Great. Oh, that's one of the worst reasons I think I've ever heard for just delaying tennis. They managed to block up the whole of two channels for the whole day. So what's another hour of just blocking it up? I mean, come on, just do it. It's only for what, two weeks and then it's done. I, I well, just the BBC you... are very important, um, integral organization to British democracy and our culture. Mm. And they play by the books, Ben. So maybe we should follow them and just listen to their very strict times and miss all the tennis. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Let's let's not worry about all of those fans who paid to go to Wimbledon. The ones who queued for the whole day just to maybe watch Djokovic complete a match. But no, they only get to see part of it. And the one for Andy Murray as well. Oh, we only get to see the bit where he was leading. We didn't even get to see the end part of Andy Murray's match, being the Brit playing at Wimbledon. 
he might have won that match had it gone on another hour or if it started an hour we don't know it's frustrating let me tell you yeah and forget all the nonces in bbc as well that's a complete other matter <laughs> uh <laughs> let's yeah, protect definitely. them don't worry about that oh yeah they're fine <laughs> I think enough said. Enough said about the curfew and the BBC. We don't like it. Hopefully it can change. I'm optimistic it will change, in fact. I believe next year we're not going to see it. I think the uproar is going to be too big and uh, they'll have to make a decision on it because you can't. It's just stupid. Wimbledon should be about the tennis first and and foremost. That should always come first. In any sporting event, it should be about the actual sport first and then all the money and all the sponsors should come second. And at, at the moment... Wow. Uh, you can question whether te- the actual tennis is the most important part of Wimbledon. Well, there might be some Saudi investors coming in to take Wimbledon somewhere else. Who knows? Uh, maybe we'll get some actual... as well, if that's we'll another thing. A- we'll get some other scheduling or something. Maybe it'll go on to Saudi time. <laughs> it won't go on British time in future. We'll be playing at night time under a roof for the whole two weeks. I don't know how it will work. Right, let's move on to the actual action itself, though. That's less about the roof. The match that was played uh, at well, at night time, just before the curfew, it was Novak Djokovic. He was against Hubi Hercatch. Hercatch, fantastic performance, I thought. I thought he was playing some sublime stuff until he got to one point in the tie break and then he fell apart. I've not, I can't quite put my finger on it, but is it just... A bottle job, or is it the Djokovic effect, or what is it? Both, bit of both. You've got to just praise Novak Djokovic immensely. The guy has he just puts so much fear factor into the opponent that we've seen even a young Carlos Adclaz at Roland Garros who looked unstoppable look the other side of the net and quake in his boots to the point where he couldn't even move his muscles. So it's affecting the very best. He's world number one, bearing in mind. Carlos Alcaraz looks like he can beat everyone on any surface. So Djokovic is another animal, really. Like, he's not human. He is just an immense talent, which I don't think we'll ever see anything of the sort again, especially with this generation coming through. They're not made as tough as Novak Djokovic. He's come from a war-torn country. He's had to go through a lot of hardship. He's not had the media always on his side. There's been a lot of political jabs against him, most notably with the, with the vaccine, which we've sort of seen recently. I think he's been a right on a lot of things, especially. And despite all of that, he's still there at his age, as flexible as ever, <laughs> as fit as ever, and playing the best tennis as ever against some of the very best players in the world. Because Hubi Hercatch... Let's be honest. There's not many bet. There's not many players who play better on the grass court right now. Um, as I, I agree with what Zach was saying, I guess in the fact that he is a very good grass court player. I know I was saying about the hard courts, but he's certainly great on the grass. He was serving 139 mile an hour yeah, at yep. times, and Djokovic was getting a racket to it. I mean, it's just not normal, and he defies belief with the way he plays. I thought. The match today was really interesting. I know it was nice, and you just touched on it in the intro, how we got to do some live reactions. I know with these podcasts, we don't get to do the live reactions so much, and I did enjoy it. I was on the edge of my seat in the eager match, and certainly with the Djokovic Hercatch one. And I don't really know what he could have done better, apart from the big moments. 
That was all yeah. it come down to. There was nothing really separating them until they got to the tie break. And then in the tie break, Djokovic hit and make that 14. 14 consecutive Grand Slam tie breaks won for Novak Djokovic in a single year. That is nuts. And I, I pulled up the list as well. Uh, somebody, Optoracer, posted this as well. Just to, for the audio listeners, uh, this is the list. We've got um, the Australian Open versus Dimitrov, two versus Sissipas. We've got uh, Roland Garros, Kovacevic, Fucevic, Fokina twice, Hachanov, Rude, and then in Wimbledon, Kachin, Thompson, Vavrinka, and now two against her cat. <laughs> yeah, and good chance is going to be three against yeah. her catch, in which you'll probably win based off these stats because her catch great value to get to a tire break. Can he come back? Can Hubi Hercatch actually forge a comeback? I mean, he's serving brilliantly. He's playing some of the best tennis we've seen. He's a he's clearly shown he's great on the grass and good at Wimbledon. Yeah. You'd think without a Djokovic in the draw, maybe a contender to win the whole thing. But can he come back? Can he forge one of the craziest comebacks we've ever seen? Uh, IBM have it as a 1% chance that he can come back. 99% Djokovic win. What's your percentage, Ben? Well, I said it earlier and I don't think it's much more. I, I went for... I think it's got to be... I feel that's harsh because he still has a chance. I think you'd... I wouldn't go more than... Five percent, though. That's my honest opinion. Djokovic at two sets up in a slam. Yeah, I'd agree with you. It's very rare I would as well, but I think five percent is a fair number. Because if you, even if Hercatch was to get the next two sets, I still think Djokovic would beat him in the fifth set. I don't think. That I think it, if it is going to five, I still put Djokovic as eighty percent favorite to twenty. Yeah, I mean. It's, He's just that good. And it's it's at Wimbledon. I mean, he's the reigning champion time and time and time again. Ten years, Ben, since you lost on centre court. And it's no surprise that just watching him today, just some of the stuff he does, it just looks so it just looks easy. He just makes tennis look like you could just pick up a racket and just go, ah, oh, into the corner, into the corner. Nice one. Easy. Ace. That's the, it's the most one of the most difficult sports in the world. Well, we're going to notice that in the UK because for those who don't know, you probably get it if you live in a country where there's a slam. But whenever there's Wimbledon on, all the public courts get booked up because you get all yeah. of the people who have been sitting at home watching Wimbledon thinking, "Oh, I might get, I might take this up. Let's have a go at that." And you see so many beginners on the tennis courts, which I actually really like. To be fair, I love seeing new people yeah. getting involved trying to play tennis. It can be a bit frustrating if you're on the court next to them and you keep having the balls rolling over. But yeah, yeah, you have that when you play some good players as well sometimes because they're hitting the ball so hard that it still comes over. I just think it's brilliant that it motivates so many people. And like you said, Djokovic probably will motivate more than most because the way he plays, it makes it look easy. You could probably get some some guy who's not... <laughs> I was going to say something a bit of nasty then. In not the best <laughs> shape, let me put <laughs> thinking, oh, let's just hit the courts. I'm going to start hitting some aces and play like Djokovic. And he'll have a big shock when he goes to try and hit that yellow ball because it seems a lot harder when you're actually there doing it. It's so difficult. I mean, just when I watched, when I watch him come into the middle of the court and there's, when you watch it on TV, you watch Djokovic play and then you just assume when the ball lands around the service box or just inside the service box that when he comes to the net and he just goes, oh, I'll come in and just, flick it past him at the net and it's just a nice top spin 
winner into the corner, just near close to the line. Oh, that's easy. That's for me one of the hardest shots ever. When I get to that place on the court, when I tried to do that yeah. with enough spin to keep it in the court, it, it always goes long or I hit it in the net or it's so difficult. So this is just from a pure a me, an amateur looking at that. I feel that what he does, for me, is mesmerizing and other players can't do it anywhere near as well as what he can. Obviously, when they're professionals, they can put away a ball, but he just does it on such a consistent level that it's, I don't know, it's shocking. It's almost magical. Yeah, I would agree. Very much like Chris Eubanks backhand. That's it. <laughs> Chris Eubanks. We're going to find out if Steph's going to be able to handle that one. That one's coming up tomorrow. Can't wait to see how Eubanks gets on there. He's another one who loves a tie break in this tournament as well. He's had so many of them. Had three against Chris O'Connell and won all three of them. Um, the other match, which was amazing and had two tie breaks in, Sasha Bublik was down. Two sets to love against Andre Rublev. I believe they played each other just recently in a final as well. And Bublik was the victor, but he wasn't the victor today because Andre Rublev somehow summoned the courage after losing two tie breaks in a row. I mean, that's demoralizing and losing one when you've played and that amount of time on court, but then losing a second one. And Rublev was playing really well. And the, some of the shots Andre Rublev played today, one of them he even apologised for because it was a little bit lucky. Bublik was hitting some thunderous forehands. Yeah. And at one point, Rublev was pushed so far back, he accidentally, he sort of flicked it with his backhand, but it turned into this amazing winner that went just like... And yeah, Bublik, you could that. see on his face, he was like, what? <laughs> How is he just hitting winners off of my best shots? But that's the type of match it was. It was an epic match. I watched pretty much all of it. I think I missed the first set. But after that, uh, I was I was in. Bublik hooked me, I think. And you're right. There was some special shots in it. But my highlight of the match was the, the facial expressions yes. of <laughs> Sasha Bublik. To win that third set. Was it the third set or the second set where he hit the looping forehand down yes. the line? He just stood there and paused and then just looked to someone in the crowd and was like, I thought it was out at the first. I've I thought it, it was out. I thought he was just, just like a little nod, a little arrogant nod. I thought it was class, man. And he was he was doing some great shots. And um I guess one of the craziest ones, I don't know if it's this point here actually. Yeah. Is it a video? Well, this one but would yeah, it is a video. We can't show this... the video, but let's just explain what happened. So it was just sublime. So the backhand being forced into the corner here. I think this is not the actual point. You probably need this, to wind on a little talk, bit. This is the Rublev one that you're meaning, yeah? Yeah, this is no, yeah. It's the, yeah, but it's the Bublik hindrance potential. So he's oh. he's basically gone to hit a massive backhand down the line. I don't think we can show it because we could probably nah. get in trouble. So let's just leave it there. Just you have to trust me on what happens. All you right. can watch the video on YouTube. I've seen it on anyway. YouTube but you explain on, it on anyway. Twitter. So he hits the backhand down the line and you can, it's like one of them winner ones. Like, it's like, like I've just it. won this point. And somehow Rublev throws his whole body at it and does like a squash shot where he just about gets the ball over the net with some clearance. Bublik celebrated like he just won the point pretty much because everyone in the stadium thought he'd won it, myself included. And the ball just trickled over the, didn't trickle over the net, it just about made it over bit of slice. Bublik was standing there like, what the hell? And I There's think no that was the one to set won. up match point. 
no way that Rublev should have won that point. I mean, I was shocked. I didn't even know. Rub- I didn't even know Rublev Rublev had that in his locker. No, like, I didn't that's either. My, that's my personal bit. I watched it and I thought I've never seen that from Andre yeah, Rublev before. The whole match, like throwing his body around. It was like yeah, the bikini. He kept falling yeah. over. He kept on a dive. At any possible moment, he wanted to dive on the grass to try and get a ball back. On some of them, he did like a almost like a forward roll or something. On it was like he was like training for the next James Bond. I don't know. I what feel was like going Daniel Medvedev had given him a bet before the match, <laughs> like saying, "If you can do a better shot than me at this Wimbledon, I'll give you all my prize money." I wouldn't be surprised if something like that comes out because he seemed like whatever he was trying to do was trying to make some highlight reel. Yeah, I mean, it was And he did one. Shot of the tournament. And maybe he's just trying to get the crowd on side. But, and if he was trying, he definitely works because cause I think Bublik was getting them all on his side after he came back and won the next two sets. And Rublev was trying his best to try and win the crowd back over. And the only way you can do that on the court is with your tennis. And he... He definitely did it. And I think that that just crushed Bublik. That one shot crushed him. He, he just knew it was done then. I've thrown my best. I threw, threw the kitchen sink at you and you still got it back. So yeah, well Fantastic played. match. And this tournament is really hotting up now. You could make a case for the, one of the, uh, the matches of the tournament. Oh, most definitely. I thought it was super exciting. I even messaged you. Yeah. I messaged you earlier and I take it back now. And I was just saying... Oh, I was really hoping this would be a real close match between Bublik and Rublev. He's two sets down, useless. <laughs> and then he came <laughs> back after that. I'm like, that's just typical that I would say that. And then he yeah, comes I wish he back. said that about TFO. Because it wasn't the same for him. What happened to Francis TFO today? 6-2, 6-3, He was wow. two sets down after the rain. They played again today. Yep. Just didn't turn up at all. Is it because Dimitrov was really good or TFO, not other races? I think Dimitrov just having one of those tournaments, to be honest. I feel, I feel that he can do that every once in a while. He has a great tournament. And right now, he's playing some amazing tennis. He's been to the semifinals of Wimbledon before. Granted, it was, well, many years ago, back in 2014, and he's not been past the fourth round since. But still, he is a good player on any surface, Grigor Dimitrov. Uh, and like he said here, he's playing um, Holgaruna next. He said he's he's young. He's talented. In a way, a very dangerous player. But so am I. Minus the young part. <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd, <laughs> the crowd love, love a bit of Grigor. Uh, I, I don't know anybody that doesn't like Grigor Dimitrov. I think he's probably the most liked player on tour, I from what I've seen, there's so many montages of him being so friendly and so kind and caring to other players on the on the court. Who who doesn't like him? I think he's quite popular with the women as well. He's a bit of a ladies' oh. man, old Grigor. <laughs> um, Definitely. Sharapova. He's got, he's got all the shots. You can't deny it. And yeah. do I think he could beat Runa? Probably not. I do think, I think he he's going to. Do I think he's going to win the whole thing? No. I don't think he's going to win the whole thing, but I think he could beat Holger Runa. Maybe Rune's not been amazing for sure. No, that's what I mean. I, I don't. I feel I'd still fancy. I'd still fancy on that top half. Of course, Christopher Eubanks is the favourite, but if aside from him, either Alcaraz or Berrettini to make that final. Yeah, I mean, I think the, whoever wins that can be in the final. 
That Berrettini is just a nightmare for anybody. <laughs> that, that serve and second ball. And Alcalaz, obviously, has got legs for days. So it's going to be interesting to see how that top section plays out. I didn't. I don't know if you saw this. Another, we're having it again. More problems with media at Wimbledon. We're talking about the bottom section. Obviously, Yannick Sinner. He won his match straight sets earlier on today. That was against Galan Riveros. Galan Riveros played pretty well. I was actually quite surprised. I didn't think that he would give him much of a match. He was up a break in the second, but then as soon as he lost the second set, his head went down and he was done for. Yeah, there was no five sets coming out of Galan today. Has Sinner played any seeds this event? Mm, I don't think he's played a single seed. He's played Juan Manuel Sarundalo, Sportsman, Quentin Halis, Galan, and next up, another unseeded player in um, Sefulin. Yeah. He's literally going to get to the semi-finals, potentially, without playing a seeded player at Wimbledon. I feel that there are some... And then it'll be Djokovic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the worst seed. It'll go from no seeds <laughs> to no Djokovic. What no a... practice <laughs> for no, a seed. No, let's forget this whole seed talk because he's still played some some players who are in good form. So Fulin, he's not going to well, be a straightforward match at all no. by any means because he's been on a tear. He's beaten some all rightish players. He beat a goot, the legend from Spain. He and he demolished Shapovalov today. Yes, he did. And this was what the media had to say. Uh, he got asked what his thoughts were on playing Sitipas or Eubanks in the quarterfinal. He's playing Sefulin. Yeah, the media at it again. I mean, does anybody even look at the draws before they go in? Yeah, but this the... is not the media so much. This is just people who have been accredited as journalists. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's far. This is the third one now I'm seeing. It's just getting embarrassing. Stop asking questions. I mean, they questions. do give them out to anyone. We got in. <laughs> <laughs> but at least I feel like we had better questions than most well, obviously, people. Obviously, for sure. It's just because we're tennis fans. They should give it to more people like us who actually know tennis, watch tennis on a daily basis. Before we went in, we were literally I was we were in the other room studying to what questions to ask and looking through everything. What do they do? Just go yeah, it's, in. It's there very like, unprofessional, for sure. You can't just go in there and just go. Oh, so how do you reckon you get on against City Pass next round? What? What are you on about? <laughs> I'm sorry, but those people, everyone who asks a question which is completely wrong, take that person's name or the take the company they work for, and they should be on a list. Every bad one, you get three bad or two bad questions, and then you're gone. There you go. You're off. You don't get any more questions for the rest of the two weeks. Harsh. Well, you got to be because. What a waste of a question. There's other people in there probably chomping at the bit. And then they go, oh, no, we've got no time for any other questions. Oh, great. So, oh, Lona Larry in the corner. Let's talk about Yannick Sinner, though, Ben. Can he beat? He's not played a seeded play. He won't get one into Fulin. You reckon he'll win that one as well? He's just beaten Shapovalov very easily as well. 6-1-6. The last three sets were 6-3, 6-1, 6-3. Yeah, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with Sinner as well, though. I feel that Sinner's... is 92 in the world. Yeah, I know. <laughs> First ever uh, Grand Slam quarterfinal. I'm excited for him. And he's repping the Russians again. We've got uh, all these Russians going through. But Sinner, for me, a bit stronger. I think it could be Sinner in four, that one. Okay. 
Yeah, I think you'll get a set though, Safulan. I think it's really good. Fair enough. Well, I think that is all the men's matches we've covered today. Oh, just for that, just for that, just in case you want to see. I know you like this graphic, so I just thought I'd bring this one up just quickly. Nice. I've not actually seen it. So this is the first time I'm looking at it. So who's the most impressive? Probably Rublev, right? Yeah, this is... Three winners, 21 on four. Differential of 32. Yeah. Solid. Sinner in second. For anybody just listening, this is the winners to unforced errors in on day seven. So Sinner's second there on the differential, 42 winners and 23 unforced errors. We've got Grigor Dimitrov with a differential of 19 as well. Bublik, wow. <laughs> 67 winners and 52 unforced errors. And not bad as well, well, really. Yeah, it's not too bad. And TFO, the worst of worst of the bunch down Just there. Just didn't turn up, man. TFO had a shocker yeah. of a tournament. Surprised me. That is sad. Right, let's move on to the women's anyway. We know where to start. And it was the epic match. It was the world number one. And oh my word, did she have to come through the fire in this one. Belinda Bencic, she's up. She's down. You don't know which one's going to turn around and suddenly start playing you because she was playing amazing. Then she's terrible. Then she's amazing again. Then she's terrible. But she gave her an absolutely epic match today. So well done, Benchich, for actually testing Eager. And we got to see Eager really dig deep and have to save match points to win this match, which I haven't, I don't know when the last time I saw that was for Eager. Yeah, I'm not surprised she bottled it. She's got Ben in her name. Uh, so it kind of gives it away. Hey. Uh, Benjamin Bonds, he's already bottled it. Now Benchic bottled it against Eager. And that's exactly how I would address the match because she'd won the first set, played very well. Second set, uh, she was down a break, right? And then she broke back, got it to tie yes. break. Uh, before the tie break, I believe she had two match points. What yeah. she did on their match points is unforgivable. I'm sorry to say, error after error after error. And then once she was broken back, going into that tyre break, you just knew she didn't have a chance. And after that had gone, she was it was a long way back. And that's exactly how it proved to be. 6-3 in the third, could have been 6-2 at one point. And Blinda Bencic, she's only got herself to blame really for the loss. You can't be too harsh because she did delivering large spells of the match to make yeah. it competitive. And it's certainly not easy against Eager, as we know. There's so many players who don't even touch her. So you can give her credit for making it a great match against Eager, which most of the tour are unable to do. However, yes. getting to the situation where she could have finished it off, she's going to have to beat herself up at night about it because it was in her hands. She just didn't take a risk on it. She played very passive and allowed Eager... I think on the two match points, in fact, she allowed her just to open yeah, she, the court up a little bit and Eager yeah. hit two winners. It wasn't yeah. unforced errors, apologies, on the match points. It was, it was just passive. Open up the court and then winner. Very passive. Uh, just played it Didn't back to risk. Eager. Yeah, just thought... What got her to the dance was hitting the nice winners and doing well and being brave. She gets to the opportunity and thinks, oh gosh, now I'm here. I can't hit them anymore. Yeah, and that's it. The moment she stopped, she she lost the belief. What got her to the position where she could win? She lost, and that's the crazy thing. Typical Ben, isn't it? That's what they do. That's it. Well, I've bottled many situations in my own life. Um, the, the thing was, don't be too the, harsh. The thing, <laughs> the thing was, uh, in that match, she was so good at saving break points, but when it came to actually taking her chances, she wasn't really able to take them. I mean, she had, uh, well, 
what was it, three or four breakpoint opportunities for Eager on her on her serve in the first two games of the match. She saved all of them with amazing shots and winners, and she was pulling out brilliant, brilliant shots. Eager even had two uh, set points in that first set. She didn't take them because Bencic stopped her taking them. It wasn't even, Eager didn't have a choice. Bencic was serving. She served so many double faults, but when she needed to, there was aces flying off the racket. So it was a real confusing thing. If you're a Benjic fan, you I don't know whether you were happy one second, sad another second. Did she play well? Did she play badly? I don't know at the end of it because she served, what was it, 11 double faults. And against Eager, that's normally not good enough and you're going to lose the match. And I think ultimately inconsistency from Benjic lost her this match and being passive at the real big moment. She was she played big when she was down. She played passive when she was up. And that loses your matches. Yeah, it was a massive stat as well. A landmark for, or a milestone for Eager because yes. it's the first time ever. Yeah. Do you know what I'm going to say? She's got to the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. No. Oh. That's the obvious one. I've gone a bit deeper, Ben, with my analysis. This well, is the first time in Eager's career. She's had uh, a match with two tie breaks. Wow. I mean, we were saying it earlier that she was not going to have much experience playing tie breaks. And she actually did play. It's the first Belinda match Be- of her career to feature two tie breaks. That's incredible. And the last time she actually played Bencic in a slam was at the US Open in 2021. And she actually lost a tie break to her then, 14 12. So she has played Benjic now in three tie breaks at slams. And she's not just not a good player to play against, I think, for Iga. Benjic can bring it on, on her day, but Iga was the victor here today. Certainly was. Next match, it's got to be, yes. you agree, Azarenka? Of course. Of course it is. Or should this... I say Alina? Why, you say, why am I saying the loser? No one remembers the losers. Well, in this match, they were both winners, I think, because it was an incredible match of two, well, two mothers. That was the thing. No one was really talking about that. Obviously, Svitolina just coming back. The big comeback. This is the big talk. She was my surprise package for the tournament, and you were sort of poo-pooing it a little bit. I don't know. And here she is. She's done the quarterfinals. I did... She's surpassing the wildest dreams. Could it be a semi-final on the horizon? Uh, I'm really hoping so. This was a brilliant match. I watched it. I went back and watched some of the shots in it and drama upon drama. I mean, I don't want to touch too much on the... uh, Yeah, I don't want to touch too much on the whole Belarusian and Ukraine thing because it just takes away from what this actually was as a spectacle because Azarenka came out of the traps and absolutely walloped her in the first set. And I thought, oh, no, that's that's just it. And bear in mind, this is another slam champion that she's playing yet again. Svitolina playing slam champion after slam champion. And look what she had to get, get to in that third set. That was, I don't know, pure grit. Pure determination. She was down in the tiebreak as well. What was it? 7-4. And managed to just pull it back with some some of the shots were just out of this world. Svitolina is well and truly back to her best. Like I've it's it's better than I've ever seen her in years, if I'm if I'm honest. The the best I've saw her before this, I think, was when she was playing against Leila Fernandez at the US Open. That was the last time I remember playing this well. 
She's the new Kai Kanepi, the Grand Slam Slayer, as they call them. Yes. She's beaten Venus Williams, Elise Mertin. She's maybe not part of it because she's not one of the Grand Slam. <laughs> Sophia Kenin yep. and Azarenka now. So she's doing all right, getting through the Grand Slam champs. And next up's Eager. It doesn't get any easier, does it? But she'll take hope from watching today's match. She'll be sure. super confident going into it. Why not? This this was like the female match of the Bublik one. Bublik Rublev, I thought. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'd agree with that. I thought that it, it had everything. There was even one of these moments which I don't think I've ever seen a ball hit the neck cord, bounce on it twice. I think it hit the neck cord, then bounced twice on the neck cord and rolled along it, then went down the other side. And Azarenka got there and then played an even a, an amazing winner off of it, like this little drop shot. Brilliant stuff. I just love watching these crazy things that keep happening in these matches. The Rublev thing. Then we had this crazy thing with Azarenka and uh, Svitolina. But all in all, I was just blown away. Like There was this backhand cross-court winner that she did that was during the tiebreak. And Azarenka, she had no right to pass Azarenka. She had the whole neck covered, but it was the smallest little angle she could have squeezed it in. And Svitolina was out the court and just fired it. It was amazing. I mean, it was a great backhand, but it wasn't quite Chris Eubanks. Um, well, maybe she's going to start learning <laughs> off of Chris Eubanks soon. I, I really need to stop this Chris Eubanks hype because <laughs> it's going to hurt when he goes out. It's going to bagel. Don't go out. Come on, Eubanks. So good. As we'll be talking gets... about him tomorrow anyway, guys. So please join oh. us. We do do these podcasts daily during a yep. Grand Slam. Um, we're not going to miss a single day. Yeah, let's get to some some more of these tweets. We've got a few more to get through. We got this one uh, from Opto A, a Opto Ace saying since 2015, Alina uh no, the year Alina Svitolina reached her first Grand Slam quarterfinal. The uh, Ukrainian is one of four players to appear in ten plus quarterfinals in such events, along with Serena Williams, who has 16, Simona Halep, 13. And Karolina Pliskova on the list there with 11. Commendable. Yeah, Pretty she's, good a, she's an old school player. Been around the block and done some good things in slams. That one, this one just saying heart of a champion. Wins an astonishing match there and saying comeback of the year. There's a, let's say it again. Comeback of the year. We saw in awareness. We'll keep saying it. So uh, this she... is a second quarter final at Wimbledon. Yep, she went to the semi-finals before. Uh, so this is her second quarter. So can yep. she can she get to another semi-final? And this one you pinged over. I did see this one on on there prior to you the don't match. Put the trashy ones on, do you? Uh, it's only if it's a, a love story. If there was Monfils tweet into her, I might have. If it was Sissy Doza, we'd have it on, but we don't. Uh, but it's Harry Styles congratulating Svitolina. Of course, for those who don't know Harry Styles, he's a member of One Direction, which I don't think even exists anymore, do they? No, he's just on his own. He's an actor these days, Harry Styles. Yeah, he I does think. a bit of everything. Um, and he's given, if you go down, and they yeah. keep us in suspense, keep going. There we go. Congratulations. We have four shows to go. You're welcome at any of them. Good luck for the rest of the tournament. H. And she's reposted that on her story. So she's got tickets. When they say, is it One Direction shows? So they still do One Direction then? 
They're a disbanded group that all get together every now and then. Is that how it No, works? he just does his solo stuff. So it's probably oh, okay. his thing. Okay, yeah. just his own show. Yeah, yeah. So this was just a bit of backstory. Sorry, I'm a bit out of the loop. Any one directioners? Yeah, I mean, oh, sad. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. she had tickets, didn't she, that she was trying to give away. Anybody who's listening, sorry. So she had tickets that she was trying to give away because she didn't think she would be in this stage of Wimbledon. She thought she would probably be somewhere else at a concert watching Harry Styles and subsequently she had to give the tickets away that's what she put on her Twitter and now she's got some tickets back again straight from Harry Styles that's nice of him isn't it lovely right. so that's a, that's that one it's a nice one cheers for that one JD. my favourite tweet of the day and obviously we're going to have to touch on this but it is the the, the booing afterwards I mean I, I don't really want to talk about it in too much depth but she was asked about it in the press conference was uh, Vicar and she, she said, uh, what do you think about it? And Jenna said, I'm sorry. She said, how do you think the crowd was in the end? What, what's your opinion? The journalist said, I feel it was very unfair. And Vicar said, I think we agree on that. So it looks like Azarenka just interviewed the interviewer. Yeah, exactly. Because so, her first thing was, why are we going to keep talking about this? Because she said, I think you're making it a bigger deal than it actually is. We already had an agreement together before the match that we weren't going to shake hands. And they, she even like gestured to her afterwards to say, like, well played, and then just walked off, and then the crowd booed. So it's just... You had the other way round. Sabalenka went to shake Kostyuk's hand when there was... Obviously, she wasn't going to do it. And then they booed Kostyuk. So which way round do you want it? It's just... Stop booing. It's just no need. We know that they're not going to shake hands. So just, just let it. I don't think Sabal should have done that though. No, she shouldn't. She did it probably because she, she wants. I don't like that really. I think Sabal should get more of the blame because she went to the net with the intention that she she knew Kostic wasn't going to shake her hand, and then she made Kostic seem like the bad one. But yeah, well, I don't think we can talk about this much longer. Well, this bit, well, she came off of court and obviously saying, "Was this a Ross thing?" And she, they booed, and she. Did the the Ross, <laughs> which is the uh, the sign in friends that you do, so you don't swear back, you just smack your fists together. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was quite a funny one. So maybe that's the way that you should handle any problems on court. Just do the Ross. Right. So let's move on to one of the, uh, the new breed, which is Mila Angeleva. Fantastic. I'm absolutely ecstatic for Mira Angeleva. She knocked out uh, Potopova in her match in straight sets as well, but it wasn't straightforward. Potopova actually played really well. And now in the fourth round, she'll face Madison Keys, which, oh my God, that's going to be, that gets tougher and tougher for Mira Angeleva. I said I thought she'd get past Potopova. Not sure about Keys. That's gonna. She played so well, though. Uh, Angeleva, she's got everything in the book. Her recovery skills, I'm shocked. She gets some balls back in court that I didn't even think were possible. She gets into the corners and her drive volley in second to none, and she's only 16. Yeah, it would ruin my bracket if she was to beat Keys. I've got Keys in the final, but I'll take it kind of thing. There's, yeah. there's certain players where you don't mind if the bracket gets ruined by... And this Andreva story, I love it. I think she is the uh, the next player after Coco Goff at her age to get to this stage of Wimbledon. 
And I think she could maybe even go one better. I know you're dismissing her against Keys, but I think she could do it still. Oh, I can't wait to see Keith how she gets. Always have an off day. Right now, it doesn't seem like she can. That's the thing. Like she's not dropped a set in the whole tournament so far. But Mila Angeleva, she's just knocked out Potopova, and Potopova, she was groaning quite loud whilst she was playing as well, which I feel sometimes I know it be... upset Liam, didn't it? Yeah, it could be quite off-putting for some some players. Which... Liam's been very upset about the Potopova groans today. Yeah, yeah, very much so. But it didn't stop her winning the match. So well done to Angeleva. Do you want to read out what she's been saying about being at Wimbledon? Well, the question was, what's it like being in the senior locker room? Are you enjoying yourself here at Wimbledon? She said, I do enjoy the atmosphere. You see all the top pro players, Djokovic, Murray, emphasis on Murray. There was. Uh, (laughs) I heard you like him. Have you said hi yet? No, I'm shy. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> she won't say hi to Murray for some reason. I think I feel like she uh has so much admiration for Andy Murray. It's, what a personality uh, though, mate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. She is definitely so likable. Very funny. Uh I love the fact that she's able to handle these interview situations with a like a Amazing. comedy edge. It really is, yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. Are you, at her age, how old is she? Remind me again, fifteen. Sixteen. Yeah, I mean, just, maybe Medvedev's been coaching her, mate. <laughs> That's how nah, you deal with the She's card. a really good personality and one who I really hope does well. I'll be cheering her on, certainly. Like I said, I'm all for the Andreva Eubanks double this year at Wimbledon. That's it. Right, last but not least, we've got to touch on her because she's just ploughing her way through the draw with ease, it would seem, and it is Jessica Pagula and... There's some stats about what's been going on since the end of the pandemic pause in August 2020. Pagula has made, and I'll read these ones off. It is the Australian Opa, the Australian Opa. Open Opa, <laughs> the Australian Opera. She's made no, the Australian <laughs> Open quarterfinals three times, Roland Garros quarterfinals, Wimbledon quarterfinals, U.S. Open quarterfinals. Dubai quarterfinals and semifinals, Indian Wells quarterfinals, Miami semifinals twice, Madrid quarterfinals and a final, Rome quarterfinals, Montreal semifinals, Toronto semifinals, Cincinnati quarterfinals twice, and she's won Guadalajara. Yeah, what a brilliant loser. That's what I would say there. <laughs> uh, I was waiting for it. <laughs> she's an extremely successful loser. Uh, we would call Maria Sarkar out for it, so why not call? The same out with Jessica Pagula. I mean, all good and well getting to the back end of the events. I'd rather get to a third of them or half even and win one more than what she has. Yep, but she hasn't. So, In fact, I'd exchange all of them for two trophies rather than one. Let's see if she can. I'm sure she would too. Yeah, she doesn't need the money, that's for sure. (laughs) So, yeah, maybe she would, I think. Let me just be... A bit more kinder about this. Yeah, I think that that's, that's going to be clipped. I'm, I'm going to upset some Pagula fans. She's clearly a very consistent quality tennis player, and there's not many players who can beat her. The problem with her, is she doesn't have any weapons. And when I say that, she's not going to beat a Sabalenka, or a Bakina, or an Eager, or well, anyone else in inspired form on the day. She just doesn't have the weapons. Maybe that's what I'm saying. An inspired player on the day, Von Drusseva, she falls into that category. Even a big hitter. Or someone who's in inspired form, she just doesn't have enough. 
She just misses consistency. You get an eight out of yeah. ten every week from her, which is good enough to beat eighty percent of the tour, ninety percent of the tour. Yeah, not all the tour, and that's why you can't win events. Yeah, she goes deep, but she does not complete. That is Jessica Pagula's story, story of life, st- isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sounds a bit dodgy. Right, <laughs> these are the matches for tomorrow. Let's go through them. We've got uh, the Who's Who playing tomorrow. This is completing. You always say that. Can't be the Who's Who every day. Well, it gets more the Who's Who. It's almost like the band The Who is going to be playing there as well. Maybe they'll be there. Pete Townsend make an appearance. These ones are not quarterfinals. These ones will be fourth round matchups, just to confirm. So we've got Rabakina, Hadabmeyer, Jabur Kavitova, Alcaraz, Berrettini, Medvedev, Lehechka, Sabalenka, Alexandrova, Runa, Dimitrov. And then on court two, we've got Andreeva, Keys, and then Sissipas, Eubanks. That is the giant crushing court normally is court two that's where no it's the graveyard of champions i think they used to call it but if you're not a champion i guess it probably doesn't really make that much sense but maybe sissipas could he be considered a champion find out tomorrow on day eight <laughs> action that's a nice little teaser we'll be talking about it because the match will be played tomorrow thank you everyone for joining us on day seven action i feel like it's been pretty thorough we've gone through a lot of the matches yeah. And great to see Ben actually turn his TV on and watch some for a change. Uh, always does help. And on Ben's the wireless. Learned, he's learned who Christopher Eubanks is, which is great. Top player. Cool. And we'll be talking about his match after he crushes Sister Pass tomorrow. Ooh. But for now, thanks for watching. Please hit the like button. Subscribe if you're new. And we'll see you for day numero otto, domani mattina. No, it won't be morning. Sera. <laughs> yeah. Grazie a tutti. Don't forget Djokovic completing his match tomorrow as well. Ciao. Bella. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.